Your love never fails and never gives up. Well, somebody today needs to hear that. that. God's love never runs out on you. Though we run out on him sometimes and we rebel against him, he is a gracious and awesome, sovereign, forgiving God. And he welcomes us back into his presence with open arms. Hallelujah. Uh, what a Savior. I almost got Baptocostal on you there, Terry, singing that song. I'm telling you, that just fired me up. Never runs out on me. And on and on and on and on it goes. Isn't that good? Some of y'all are going, I don't, I never heard that song. Raise your hand if you've never heard that song before. That's about most of you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have heard that song. Thank you, right here. All the hands are right here. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to get started today in the message. It's a state of the church message. Once a year, I, I preach or teach this message. And it is an anomaly as far as my preaching style goes. I like to take one passage of Scripture and study and exegete that text with you, but today it's different. Please don't judge me on this one sermon. Uh, this is not typical. Uh, this is the 1% sermon where it is more topical because what we do is we look back as to where God has taken us as a body of Christ in 2012 where we are currently in 2013 and where by God's grace and his favor uh, we plan, we intend to go. So uh, today it is the state of the church, but I do want to encourage you with the text in Isaiah chapter 55. And I want to read this text to you because it is a passage of so much encouragement and hope. And I know the day and age in which we live. I know that we almost fell off the fiscal cliff. And I know many of the, you, the, the, the guy that you voted for is not in the White House. And I know that times are tough, but I just want you to know God is still in control. He has not abdicated his divine right to lead. He is God. And we are on a solid foundation because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And on this solid rock of Christ, we stand. I want to read Isaiah chapter 55, much of this chapter. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, God says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which, which I sent it. Now listen to these promises that God gives his children. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So today I just bring you words of encouragement, words of greeting, words of vision, words of purpose as to who we are, where we've been, and where we are going. I do hope today that as you listen to this message, especially if you're new, if you're new to Austin or new to Great Hills, 
and you're looking for a church and you would like to understand the DNA of that church, what makes that church tick, what is at the heartbeat of that local church, then you picked a great Sunday to come because I get an opportunity to share with you what we really believe and what we actuate or what we put into action as to what we believe. So what I want to do right now is I want to stop and I just want to say a prayer and pray for you and pray for me as I begin this message. Oh, your love, God, never fails, never gives up. It never runs out on us. Thank you, God, for your great love. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the greatest living organism in the world, the church, the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this mighty army of goodwill. Thank you, God, that you are the king and that you are the Lord and you are in control. And I'm praying right now, God, that you would bless. You would bless each person that is in this room today. That, God, you would bless them in their singleness because many are single, and I pray that you would just flourish them and bless them. And may 2013 be a grand banner year for them. I pray for our married families, God, for the couples that are here today, that you would bless them and their marriages would be greatly augmented and strengthened, Lord, through the ministries of our local church this year. And I pray for our teenagers and our college students, and I pray for our trendsetters, our, sing our senior adults, and I pray for our children, our preschoolers. I pray for all the body of Christ of Great Hills that you would bless us and protect us. And may this year, Lord, may it be our greatest year in our 62 years of existence. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to begin today with asking this question and hopefully give a, a good answer as to who are we? Who are we at Great Hills Baptist Church? Well, we gather together uh, every Sunday, 10,500 Jollyville. Uh, but that's where we meet. That's not who we are. We are uh, the church of Jesus Christ that congregates here and spreads and diffuses like a sweet fragrance all over the city. And yay, some of our members are all over uh, the world. We are a multi-generational church. I hope that you'll look around today and see some snow on the mountain. Amen. Translation, there are some folks like your pastor who are getting on up in age, and that's a good thing. Amen. The Scripture talks about the silver hair that I have. Hopefully, it's a token of wisdom. But we have older people worshiping with younger people. And I know that is an anomaly in churches today because most churches say, young people, we don't want you worshiping with us. And the young people say, well, thank you because we don't want to worship with you anyhow, you bunch of old fogies. So, so we'll go over here and y'all go over there. I don't like that. I don't see that in Scripture. That is not in my ecclesiology. I believe we ought to all come together and we ought to sing, Your love never fails, and I don't know the song, but it's okay with me. And I'm just going to sing it to the Lord. And then, How great thou art. Man, what is that? That's an old hymn of the faith, and I love that. We are coming together and we're singing praise to God as a multi-generational, check this out, a multi-ethnic church. Man, I was walking over our campus today. Man, we got people from everywhere. I mean, we've got Asians and Europeans and Africans and some Americans. Amen. We've got, we've got it all represented at Great Hills. And I just want you to know, I love that. That is an awesome thing. That's a little bit like heaven. Amen. That is. So we are multi-generational, multi-ethnic family of believers, and our main objective 
is to make disciples who are going to make disciples. We want to introduce people to the great God that we serve and the joy and just the animation and the excitement of having a personal relationship with this great God. This is who we are. We want to be a radiant body of Christ. I love that word, radiant, don't you? It just connotes that which is shining and that which is bright and effervescent and bubbling, and it's just, it's just bursting forth. And to me, when I was thinking about our church being a radiant church, I hope that we'll think of it more as a verb than a noun, that we are to radiate, that we are not to go to church. We are the church. And we are to shine brightly for Christ in a very jaded, secular, hurting, and a dark world. And to present her to himself, the Bible says, as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. As a radiant church, this is how we're trying to accomplish this. We want to shine for Christ. We want to shine upward in our worship. We want our worship here to be dynamic. We don't, don't want it to be stale and cold and boring and funeral-esque. We don't want that. We want it to be dynamic and exciting, and we are upward to God, worshiping Him because He is a great God corporately. But also, we want to worship God seven days a week, 24-7. We want Him to be a part of everything that we do. We don't want to compartmentalize God. We want God to be a part of all that we do, and we want to please Him and worship Him upwardly. Secondly, inwardly. Uh, our church puts a lot of emphasis on the inward dimension of ecclesiology, meaning we want to teach the Scriptures and we want to build one another up in our holy faith. And the only way we can do this is by making much of the Word of God, teaching the Bible, uh, sharing the scriptures in our Bible life classes, in our small groups, in our public worship, so that we are developing you and we are uh, culturing you. We, we are just building up in you this, this magnificent faith and so that you are growing and expanding in your faith. And then finally, as far as the UIO goes, upward, inward, and then outward. Outward in our missions and in our uh, evangelism. And to me, this, this, is, this is my heartbeat. This is who I am. I, I love to worship God, and I love to preach His Word, but I'm telling you, nothing excites me and motivates me more than sharing my faith with somebody. I mean, having an opportunity to reach out to my neighbors like I did yesterday and just say, welcome to our neighborhood, and let me, let me invite you to our church, and just wherever we go, and just inviting people to Christ and bragging on Him and, and bragging on our, on our church. And so... This is who we are as far as the up, in, and out. But now I want to share with you something that's a little bit different. And I want to use the acronym or the acrostic, if you will, the acrostic of IKEA. It's not the Swedish megastore in Round Rock, okay? That's not the IKEA that I'm talking about. I'm talking about IKEA as a way, uh, as a microwave. I didn't say microwave. Let me, let me, let me be careful. In a macrowave is the up, in, and out. In a micro microcosmic way, if you will, is this IKEA. And, and here's what we're going to try to do. We're, we're trying to demonstrate how we can, as a church and as a leadership, we can take you from maybe an embryonic infancy faith 
and put you on this track of maturity so that we don't just leave you in your infancy, but that you grow and that you mature and that you are discipled, where you get to the place where you are so growing in Christ, so contagious for Christ, that you become an advocate for Christ and His church. So let me just walk you through this. Looking forward to sharing this with you. The I stands for information. The I in Ikea stands for information, and this is important. We need to communicate constantly, repeatedly, who, who we are. And the important information that we are to convey to you as a church is that we are this multi-generational, this multi-ethnic body of believers, a radiant church that wants to shine brightly for Christ. So we want to inform you, inform you about who Christ is and about who we are, and information uh, is important. It's a part, uh, I believe, of our responsibility as leaders is to inform, to inculcate, to educate, to make sure that you know the basic rudiments of the Christian faith. And that leads me next to the word knowledge. Information moves next to knowledge. Uh, a fancy theological word for this is orthodoxy, dogma, doctrine. And boy, that's paramount. We have so many today who, who don't even know the basic rudiments of the Christian faith. And you would say, many of you would say today, oh, that's me. I, I don't know basic Christianity 101. Then you're in the right church, okay? We are thrilled that you're here because it is incumbent upon me, it's imperative upon me as a preacher of the gospel and as the lead pastor of this church to take you from your infancy and your embryonic Christianity and to teach you and to give you knowledge and doctrine and dogma so that, now listen carefully, not that you become hubris or proud in your knowledge of Christ, but no, that you would grow in maturity so that you could be a better servant for Christ. Information and and knowledge. You know what I'm learning? I'm learning the best way knowledge is transferred is through relationships. And if we can connect you to relationships in our church, maybe we can get you here on the praise team, or maybe we can get you involved in the choir, or you can get involved in one of our Bible lives, or one of our small groups, or you become a certain... You know, there's this lady in our church, and I'm sorry I can't remember your name. She just joined the church, and she's been after me for weeks. She's like, Pastor, I come to this church. I want to serve in this church. I just want to reach out. Can I just hug you and just thank you, bless you? Today, I saw her in the coffee shop, Holy Grounds, upstairs. Amen. And there she is. She's been telling me for weeks, I want to serve. What can I do to serve? And there she was. That's awesome. We want to connect you. We want to get you involved so that you are involved and you are serving. Next is E stands for engagement. Now, this is where we try to mobilize you to get you into the DNA and the core of our church so that you are praying, serving, giving, going, and it's incumbent upon us to give you opportunities uh, uh, to do that. Now, let me make a little statement. I'm operating on a humongous, prodigious presupposition. My presupposition is that you're looking for a church and you want to be a part of a church that challenges you that you want to grow in your faith. You don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to compartmentalize Christianity. I mean, you want Christ to be full and center, and you want to love Him and live for Him, and you want a church that you can go to that will bless you and encourage you and challenge you. That is my presupposition. And really, the rest of the sermon is predicated on this, okay? That you're coming, that you're serious, and you want to go deep with God, okay? So engagement. 
Let me, let me talk to you just a few minutes about some of the people in our church who get this. And they are such a blessing to me, and I am so honored to serve uh, as their pastor. And I've just got a couple examples. And by the way, this sermon, or sermonette, is not exhaustive. It is not all-inclusive. If you're here today and you're going, oh, I can't wait for you to tell everybody about my ministry and how wonderful it is, there, there's a good chance I'm going to forget it, okay? And I'm not going to mention it, and you don't get mad about that. You just say, that's okay, and uh, praise the Lord. I'm not serving for recognition anyhow, and I'm just here to, to, to bless God. Thank you so much. Thank you for your forgiveness. Fred and Melissa Campbell, I see you sitting right out here in the middle. These people are on fire for Christ. They came to me a few weeks ago, and they said, Pastor, our prayer is, God, give us Austin, Texas, or we die. And God has given them a vision and a passion. And Chris Rowley, God bless you, thank you, and, and, and Hope Street. Did y'all know that 54% of people who live in Austin live in multi-housing units? Apartments, condos, mobile homes. Of those, 4% of them go to church. Four. And so God has given them this burden and this passion to equip Great Hills Baptist Church members who live in those multi-unit complexes and anybody in Austin who wants to be equipped to train them to be missionaries in their mobile home park, in their apartment complex, or in their condos so that they befriend people to Christ, lead them to Christ, and bring them to our church. I'm just going to do a little Baptist jig, right? a little dance right here. That's right. I'm just jumping up and down with joy because, praise God, they get it. They, get, they understand that Christianity is about others, and we're going to go after them and share the gospel with them. Your love never fails. Woo! That's better than Starbucks coffee. I'm telling you, that is awesome. That's, that's what I mean by engagement. Now, Laura Klontz, bless your soul. Are you here today? I know you're here, but you may not be in here. Are you in here, Laura? Our children preschool ministry is going bonkers. I mean, if I, I just wish sometimes I was a preschooler so I could go get in that ministry. Don't say anything about that. Don't. You act like a preschooler. I mean, our preschoolers are learning about Christ. They're growing in their faith. It's called the Radiant Kids Ministry. And this summer, in July, Laura is taking a group of fifth and sixth graders on a mission trip. Come on! A what? A mission trip as a fifth grader. Now, I want to tell you something. Our public schools are teaching them a whole lot, and they understand it about some things that, that we may not want them to know or understand. How much more should we as a church raise the bar and say, come on, little fifth grader, let's go on a mission trip. I tell you, if, mm, my kids are older, but if I had a fifth grader and a sixth grader and I was coming to this church and visiting this church and saw a lady had a passion and a vision to take fifth graders, my fifth grader, on a mission trip, mm, mm, mm. That, is a, that is an awesome thing. That is engagement. That is bringing people in and engaging them to go on mission for Christ. You got information? That's good. Transfers to knowledge? That's even better. But this is even better is when we engage our people so that we live out our faith. Now, my favorite part is A, and this is for advocacy. Man, what a good word. An advocate. Y'all know what an advocate is? 
An advocate is a fan. They are somebody who is excited. I'm telling you what, we got some fans in this church. I've gone to some football games and basketball games with you. I'm telling you, you may be quiet in church, but you are not quiet at a football field. I'm telling you, you get on like Donkey Kong. I mean, you are just like, whoa, man, that's my team. You're a fan. Go Bears and giggle Maggies and shoot them up. Texas Tech, hook them horns. Amen, almost forgot. So there it is, man. We got fans. I mean, we are fans of football. I would like for us to be a mighty army and a fan for Jesus Christ in Great Hills Baptist Church. That, that's what I want you to be, okay? That's a good place to clap. I'll take that. All right, an advocate. Let me give you an example of an advocate. We have, we have a guy in our church that God has put the whole nation of Haiti on his heart. Not to mention any names, but Fred, upright. I just want you to know I, I admire that. He's been a member here for 35 years. There was a time not long ago where people were leaving our church and they weren't excited about the vision that God had given me. But this guy was. And he's the one that gave me this quote. He said, a church is like an old friend. And when a friend's in trouble, you don't leave a friend. You go to the friend. You help the friend. He went to Haiti recently and took 106 duffel bags full of Christmas presents for orphans in Haiti. Then he turned around and hired a bunch of people to work all year in the orphanage because God has birthed in him a vision to go to Haiti. And Fred, I'm going with you. I don't know how or when this year, but I want to go to Haiti, and I want to meet those precious orphan, orphans. He is an advocate. He's an advocate for Christ and an advocate for our church. So the goal at Great Hills Baptist Church is this. We want to make disciples who make disciples, who have a passion for the things of God, and they, they want Jesus to be their all in all, and I just, yeah, that just excites me. Okay, number two, where, where have we been as a church? What have we been doing over the last 12 months? Well, we have been on an interesting journey, to say the least. 2012, it has been a, a ride of, it's been a ride. And I'm so excited about 2013. I've never been more excited about a new year in my ministry than I am right now. Because I see there's so much potential, there's so much promise uh, for our church. Maybe a better way to put it is, where have we been? We've been all over the world. You remember December the 2nd, just a few weeks ago, we had a stage full, dozens and dozens of people. Mike Miracle did a fabulous job up here interviewing and sharing with you the different places that we have been on mission in our city, in our state, in our nation, and yes, even uh, in the world. Well, where else have we been? We've been paying off debt as a church. Are y'all ready for some good news? I got some good news. And it's not how you can save 15% on your insurance, all right? I've got, I got better news than that. 
Geico. <laughs> you, you know, we have been praying, and, and God help us to pay off the smaller note, the $1.3 million note. Now, I know we have two notes. At the end of the year, some gracious, kind soul wrote a check for the remainder, and we, are, we have completely paid off the first note. It is, it is, it is gone. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's, that's, that's good news. Amen. Now, we're not done yet, okay? That's, but amen, we need to celebrate victories in one point. Three million. I think next week we ought to just do something, you know? We ought to set something on fire, you know what I'm saying? We need to burn something, burn a note or do a TNT dynamite duck dynasty and just blow something up, you know what I'm saying? And so we'll, we'll do that next week. I don't know how we'll do that, but we're going we're gonna to celebrate that. Now, that's the good news. Now, now the, the challenging news is we still got some more debt to go, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But while I'm talking about good news... Oh, your love never fails. Listen to this. This time last year, we were struggling as a church financially. And we finished, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in the red. In other words, I don't know, Mike, three or four hundred thousand dollars we spent more than we took in this time last year. But let me tell you what's going on now. We brought in $187,000 more than we spent this year. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Guys, that's huge. That is so awesome. We thank you, God. We thank you, dear people, for giving. You have been giving and tithing, and, and I just want you to know how, how much I deeply appreciate it. We've increased our... Our reserves, I mean, we are becoming financially healthy, and I just, uh, words, I just don't have the words to communicate to you because it, it is just that important. Some of the other things we've been doing as a church, some things that you may not have heard, that you may not know that we did. For example, last year, in 78759, we spent $15,000 just on benevolence, on helping people who come to us who need help. Twenty of those people, we got to lead to a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, Fred, there's, we got all kinds of Freds in our church. Fred Erickson. Fred, where are you? There you are. How many shoeboxes did we send out from Great Hills Baptist Church last year with Operation Christmas Child? 4,873 shoeboxes that we collected and that we sent out all over the world. That is an awesome thing. That is something that that you say, thank you, God, and, and, and be proud of the fact that we were able to do something like that. We have an Alzheimer's respite care ministry in our community, and I, I, I attended their banquet at the end of the year last year. It was awesome, and it touched me because my mom has Alzheimer's. And I saw the way our senior adults just brought in these people from the community. They don't have no church, and their families don't have a church. 
But our senior adults bring them in, and we love on them, and we, we care for them, we feed them, we minister to the Alzheimer patient while the caretakers can go shop or they can go get something to eat or they can just unwind. That is an awesome thing, church. Thank you so much for doing that. Just yesterday, you said, man, this is an interesting sermon. You're just up there bragging on God and bragging on your church. Amen. That's what I'm doing. Just yesterday, we had about 30 men show up to Clifford and Lynette's house. And, and, and Clifford, God bless you, I think you're watching us from the hospital. Clifford is 54 years of age, suffered a massive stroke, hemorrhaging of the brain, and medically speaking, he should not be with us. But God spared his life, and he's back in Austin now, and he, his goal he, in one glorious day, he's going to come up here on this platform, and he's going to personally tell you how much he appreciates all that you've done for him. Lynette said it felt like America's home makeover, ABC thing. And our people just flooded in there and started ripping up carpet and, and making it handicap accessible. And, and that's, that's a good thing. That's, that's the church being the church. And I'm just so proud to report these kind of things to you. This is, this is a little bit of where we've, where we've been as a church. Okay, where are we going? Oh, this really excites me. And I want to share with you about five different places or things I want us to do, I want us to go, and then we'll have our invitation and we'll be dismissed. This, this is a different kind of message, so thank you for staying with me. Number one, by God's good favor and grace, we hope to go spiritually and geographically to the following places. Number one, I want us to go to the Scriptures. And I want us to take the first three well, after this Sunday, the, first, the next three Sundays in January. And I'm going to preach a series of messages out of Isaiah chapter 6. And for three weeks, or for a whole month, we're going to talk about a foundation built on Jesus Christ and what it means to be upward in worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism and missions. And I'm excited about that. Secondly, in February and March, we're going to do a family series at Great Hills. It's called Modern Families Vintage Values. And for about eight weeks, we're going to transform our stage. We're going to have props and, I don't know, maybe even some drama. It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be great. And I'm going to get to preach on marriage, on parenting, on just these, these salient features of what it means to have a strong, homogeneous nuclear unit of a family. And I'm so excited about that. I, I, I just, I believe this is of God for us to take two weeks. Also, we're going to have a parenting conference. One of the best speakers in the country is going to come and preach from our church pulpit, and then he's going to lead a seminar on parenting. We're going, we're just going to have a good time. I, I can't wait for February and March, and I know me, I'm going to be sad when March is over because we're going to have such a good time focusing on the, somebody help me, focusing on the family. It's going to be fun. After this, we're going to go back to 1 Peter for the remainder of 2013, and I'm going to get to preach expositionally, exegetically, out of the wonderful epistle of 1 Peter. Then come fall, come in the fall, we're going to take about six to eight weeks in Great Hills Baptist Church. I just want you all to know, you all didn't have a vote in this. I just went ahead and voted for us. Thank you. And I committed us. 
a group of pastors said, we would love for Great Hills to do this. And preacher, you know this is true. People want Great Hills to do stuff. I mean, if y'all will do this, then we think it'll be, people will really come alongside and, and want to do it. And I'm like, well, yes, let's do it. And for about six to eight weeks in the fall, we're going to do an Encounter God series. Churches all over Austin are going to be participating and doing the same kind of study. Basically, it's an apologetics messages and, and, and a way to present Christ to our educated uh, Austin community. I think it's going to be so fun. I can't wait to be able to preach those apologetic sermons uh, to, our, to our city. Okay, good, 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 good. Number two. Ooh, number two. Listen to this. Do y'all see it on the screen? Unengaged, unreached, people group. Praise God. We're going, I'm going in February, but we're going to, we're going to take the gospel to a people group in India. Darn it, I should have said that. I'm supposed to not tell y'all it's India, but I just said India. South Asia, <laughs> who have never heard the name of Jesus. And we get to tell. And I just want you to know, Great Hills, of all the things that we get to do, this is the most important. This is the most important. We are committed, y'all. I've committed us financially. I've committed us physically. I'm praying that God raises up some of you to leave us for good, to go and to plant your lives in South Asia. And y'all will be our hands and our feet, and we will come to you, and we will visit you, and we will encourage you and support you because we are embracing this people group with the gospel. Guys, this is awesome news. This is exciting things. And I know it's taken us a long time, but we're getting there. Let me tell you something else I'm excited about. And that's through our North American Mission Board. We have adopted a city. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that your pastor has committed you to adopt an entire city in Canada? You're welcome. Amen. You're welcome. We have taken on the city of Toronto. Go Blue Jays. We're, Chad Hampton, our student pastor, is he not the bomb or what? I mean, is he not, is he not good? Chad, and uh, he's sitting over here today. We had too many students. I don't think y'all saved him a seat. That's why he couldn't sit with you. But Chad and I are going to take a group of these fired up students, and we're going to go to Toronto this summer and begin this relationship and help plant churches in Toronto, which is, you think Austin is unchurched? You haven't seen anything. Toronto is one of the most unreached, unchurched cities in the world and specifically in North America. We're, it's called Send North America. Man, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Number three. By God's good grace and favor, we're going to stay on this track of becoming debt-free. Now, this is just something 
I just believe it's of God, and he wants us to get out of debt. And we're on our way. I just shared with you the good news. We paid off $1.3 million. The next loan is $5.8 million in total. There is a fee. It's called a breakage fee. If we tried to pay it off early, it would cost us another $1.6 million. Now, if somebody came up to me today and said, Pastor, here's a check for $7.3 million. Let's get out of debt. I want you to know I would receive it. I would just take it, all right? And we would be totally debt-free. The, the note is going to balloon in 2020. And I would love to at least pay that off by 2020. That ought to be our 2020 vision, that between 2013 and 2020, we're going to pay off the 5.8. That's what we will owe if we don't pay it off early. And y'all are looking at me like, what? It's just the way it's written, okay? This is the way the note is written. You get penalized if you pay it off early. So we're going to try to pay it off here by 2020. Number four, speaking of finances. Um, I want us to keep being good stewards, paying our debt, paying our budget, but there's just a couple of things I just really want to do. And I want y'all to bear with me, okay? And I want you to stay with me. I just want to do this, all right? I want us to get a new soundboard. They tell me that we are within a, a fraction of me using a megaphone at Great Hills. Our soundboard is fried, okay? And it's a miracle that it has not gone out. Our property and our sound system, and our, it is very, very dated. And we can get one for about $50,000, and we're just going to get one. I'll tell you something else we're going to do. We're going to change the way this looks up here, okay? Um, I love the Hill Country motif, but it's going bye-bye, okay? We're, we're going to change it so it's going to have a more modern, contemporary look to it, and it's going to look good. And just, just trust me on this. You say, well, how much is that going to cost us? It's not cheap. For about another $100,000, we can, we can change it up and we can, we can put some... It's just going to look good. Now, I know some of y'all don't want to do that. You know how I know? Because you told me. <laughs> you said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend no money. I like that. One of you told me this. You said, I haven't changed my house since the 1970s, and I don't think we ought to change the church. <laughs> okay, I disagree. So we're going to make some changes. Now, a preacher tells a story, and I'm going to tell this story. He could tell it far better than me, but I heard him tell this story, and I'm going to tell it to you. Our church needed a piano years ago. Is it all right if I tell this? Thank you. That piano. And it cost $140,000. That's an expensive piece of ivory over there, okay? And preachers went up to this guy and said, we need a piano. And the guy says, how much it costs? He said, $140,000. And the preacher said, would you buy it for us? That's bold. And the guy says, what? $140,000 for a piano? He said, yes, and we need it. And the guy said, okay, here's $140,000. We got a piano. Now, I just want you to know something. If y'all were to come up to me and say, how much you need for that soundboard? I'd say $50,000. How much we need to redecorate and just kind of bring us up a little bit? About $100,000, just like Preacher did, I will receive it. All right? I'm, I'm just telling you, I will receive it, and we'll make some, make some aesthetic changes to our, to our facility. 
hey, go to, uh, go to any McDonald's in Austin, and they have totally renovated their hamburger joint. Okay, why? Because they want to make money on hamburgers, and they want to be up to date. I don't want to make money on hamburgers. I want people to come from this city and see something that is appealing, something that is attractive, and something that is of excellence, and because that's the city in which we live. This is Austin, Texas, okay? You say, you sound kind of serious. Are you really going to do that? I'm, I'm going to do it. We're going to... No emails. <laughs> no letters. I just... I, I need to do this. We need to do this. And in a few years, you will, you will thank me for it. Number five, I'm not sure what else we're going to be doing. You know, Scripture... I got to read the scripture. The Lord just put this on my heart this morning. Proverbs 20, 24. I can quote it. And I don't know why I'm looking it up. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? I know you're never supposed to say never. But I really don't think. I, I think this is the. I'll never pastor another church. This is where God has put me. And if I can make it through 2012, I can make it through anything, all right? And so, I, I don't know what all God has for us in the next year and, and, and hopefully in the next decades, but I'm excited about it. And I believe God has given us some great pastors and a ground foundation upon which we are built and that we will continue to build. Okay, this, this, is, this is it. This, I'm wrapping it up. Um, I'm going to go back to Isaiah 55. It says these words, and I hope this encourages you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Now look at this, church. And God will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you're here today and you need pardon, you need forgiveness, you need a second chance or a 30th chance. I just want you to know that this God is real. His love never fails. It never gives up. It never abandons us or runs out on us. Some of you are here today on a New Year's resolution, and that's great. We're glad that you're here. But more than anything, my prayer for you is that you'll come to faith in Christ, and you will become a a dedicated follower of Christ. And when you make that decision, we as a staff and as deacons and as leaders here at Great Hills, we are, we're going to be serious about this Ikea thing. We want to give you information. We want to give you a base knowledge. But we don't want to leave you in that. We want to bring you on over into engaging you. And then eventually you will become an advocate for Christ and for our church. We need more advocates. We need more people waving the banner for Great Hills and saying, that's my church, and I love that church, and we, we want you to come to faith in Christ. We want you to be a part of what God is doing here. You say, well, how do I do this? 
The scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The scripture says, repent therefore and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. So we want you to come to faith in Christ today. Others of you, you're already saved and you, you've prayed about it and you, man, you're looking for a church home, then, then come on. He said, but hold on, we, we got to visit some more churches because we got to find the perfect church and that's the church we're going to join. And it ain't going to happen. There are no perfect churches and there are no perfect people. But this is our vision. This is who we are. And if you resonate with this and you want to be a part of this, then you come. And the last thing, the last thing I want to say. Some of you are saying, don't believe it. He says this all the time. Last thing, don't believe it. Last thing. Is God calling some of you to the ministry? Is God calling you, some of young men, to be a preacher of the gospel? Is God calling some of you Rebecca's and Connie's and Madison's in this church to say, I'm going to surrender to Christ and I want to live for him and I, I want to do this vocationally. Is God asking you to do that? If he is, then do it. And you're in a good place because this church will nurture you. We will help you. I've already got meetings lined up with people saying, God's calling me to the ministry and I'm, I'm just like, that's amazing. My own son has just surrendered to the ministry. I really believe God's going to call some of you to leave us and go to Toronto and go to India. That's going to be a great compliment to us. Because you're going, to, you're going to understand, you're going to know, you're going to grow, and you're going to become an advocate for Christ, and you're going to say, God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Man, that's it. That is church to me. Okay. Father, we thank you so much for our time together. Thank you for a sweet time of worship that we enjoyed and that blessed us and challenged us a minute ago. And thank you, Lord, for this message you've given me about who we are and where we've been and where we are going. And, and God, I pray that it's encouraged your people and it's, and it's resonated with them. And they're like, that's what I want. That's what I want our church to be doing. I, I want us to reach the nations. I want us to change Austin. I, I want us to keep reaching out to Alzheimer's patients. I want to be a part of that church. Thank you, Lord. Would you allow those people that resonate with this vision to become a part of us. Go through our new members class. Get plugged in and start serving. And God, for those that are really thinking about embracing you and becoming a Christ follower, not a cultural Christian, but a biblical Christian. And Lord, this is the church for them. I know it is. Because by your good favor and grace, we are going to do the things that we talked about today. And it's going to be intense. And it's going to require sacrifice. And it's going to require money. But God, this is your will for us, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. So, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. And now, Lord, as we stand, as we sing praise to your name, I pray, God, 
for our people. I pray that their lives would be bolstered and blessed. I pray that some would even feel impressed to come to the altar and just pray for our church, pray for Great Hills Baptist Church, that 2013 would be the greatest year we've ever experienced as a church. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me, please? God bless you. Terry, won't you lead us in a good song? We'll sing to the Lord. And if we can help you, if we can encourage you, if we can pray for you, why don't you come? You can come to take uh, one of these pastors by the hand or just come to the altar, and we invite you to come. God bless you as we sing.